chapters 8 through 10. So after the wall is finished and it is completed, then in chapter 8, Ezra comes back into the scene or is a part of the story here. And that they, Ezra reads the law. I think it's seven days, if I'm not mistaken, the people spend reading the law. There is a religious revival. Things are good. This is what we want. We ask for so much today that there would be a religious revival. Well, the people have it here. There is the reading of the law, the religious revival, and the people even confess their sins in chapter 9. And the people confess their sins and the sins of Israel throughout its history. And even in chapter 10, they renew their covenant. What a great encouragement to think about what the people were doing. They had a mind to work. They accomplished a task. And then at the same time, they are willing to renew their service. They're willing to renew their, their faith, their zeal for God. They confess their sins. They make this new covenant. And it's good. Things are good for a while. Now, one of the things that happens as Nehemiah makes his deal with King Artaxerxes is he says, let me go, but they make a deal where he will come back. And so when we get to the back half of the book or the end of the book, the third section of contents that we might say is the consolidation in chapters 11 through 13. Part of what we mean by that, if I can skip my thought for just a moment, is that there were the rulers and a tenth of the people who remained. A tenth of the people remain behind and settle in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people settle in other cities. There's the dedication of the wall, and then as Nehemiah had made that trip to Jerusalem, built the wall, returned back to the king, when he comes back the second time to Jerusalem, he finds that the people are not doing what they said they would do. Again, a pretty stark picture for how we live today sometimes. We feel that revival. We get excited about things. We recommit ourselves to serving God, but then it kind of fades away. We get other things on our mind. There's lots in our lives that kind of consume our brain and what we're thinking about. We kind of lose our zeal. And so it's the, the people remain. They settle. There's the dedication of the wall. When Nehemiah leaves and returns, he's got to institute reforms. He's got to go about fixing the things that the people are doing because we see that they're not doing what they should. There was a period of good, but just like the children of Israel and the judges, just like the children of Israel throughout the Old Testament and even us today, there is a cycle where we sometimes still struggle and we're in need of revival again. Let's think about a few key verses. If you have your Bible there, we can turn and look at these together. There's going to be three groups together here. The first is Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. Nehemiah 2, 4 through 5, before he makes the trip back to Jerusalem and begins the building of the wall, he's talking with the king, and the king says to him, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. So here we see Nehemiah in the beginning being, number one, a praying man. We've already touched on that for just a second. But he is willing to pray to God, to ask for strength and praying to the God of heaven. But number two, he's a man of commitment. He makes this commitment that I want to go and I want to rebuild. We might add in here even a third brief point as we think about what Nehemiah was doing. He had the favor of the king. In fact, if, I, if I've heard this correctly, 
I, I believe with some of these rulers of the Old Testament, some of these uh, pagan or heathen rulers, some of them had the law that it was against the law to be sad in the presence of the king. So not only is Nehemiah going through this struggle, but at the beginning of chapter 2, it says in verse number 2, the king recognizes that he is sad. He almost takes his life in his own hands by going to the king in this sad state, but he makes this commitment of what he is willing to do. And I would suggest that he had the favor of the king. We think about Daniel being that kind of person, able to do good things because even though he is living around people that may not serve the living God, he's doing his best to be faithful. He's doing his best to set the right example. And you never know when that would open the door to allow you to discuss something with someone. I was talking with one of our members this morning as they were leaving, and we talked about the idea of confronting someone with something. Maybe they're sin. Maybe they have a thought about something that's incorrect. Somebody says, well, you shouldn't hurt their feelings. You know, if you tell them they're wrong, you may turn them away. Well, that's true. But you may also never know when they may come back to that thought, when they may appreciate it. They may think back, and you know what? I'm glad that person told me maybe I needed to reconsider that. And so Nehemiah certainly has favor in the sight of the king, and that is a good thing that we can learn from as well. Nehemiah chapter 4 is our second section of uh, verses here, scripture that we would look at. Nehemiah chapter 4, when they're actually building the wall, you know verse 6, you've heard it if you've heard lessons on Nehemiah before. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind. They were willing to work together. This is what we talked about even this morning having a congregation of people that, are, that is so united that we are in agreement on things that we can work together, having a mind to work. But not only that, look at verses 16 through 18. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built, and the man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. I would suggest from these sets of verses that not only in verse number 6 did they have the mind, but they were willing to have the action. I've seen that here. I've seen that with you people before, with this congregation. When the people have a mind... An idea and everyone comes together and then everyone puts in their action, great things can be accomplished. Look, I, I know the trouble that we faced, especially over the last year. We've had things taken away. We're not able to have activities and, and functions such as that. But we've seen it work before. And I think it will work again as we are able to do things like that, as we're able to have activities. We have to look at the book of Nehemiah and find that same zeal, not only the mind, but willing to put in the action. You know, here, as we read those verses, and we mentioned it a moment ago, but the people are in fear a bit. They're under attack. I would suggest that, yeah, most of the time we're not under attack, but we still have that same mindset. One hand to the work, one hand prepared for whatever comes next, or to help with something else, or to help someone else along the way. What an encouragement it is to see the people of God doing this in the book of Nehemiah. We've talked the last few weeks about the book of Acts and what the people were doing there as they were of one mind and of one accord and working together. 
And yes, we've seen it here as well. And we need to get back to that as we're able to in the coming days and months and years. Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 2 through 3. As we think about the attacks that were going on against Nehemiah and the wall builders. Again, I think it was at least four times that some of those folks attacked Nehemiah and tried to stop, prevent the building of the wall. Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come and let us meet together in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm, and I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave and come down to you? Not only do we see this commitment continue on that Nehemiah is saying, I am committed to doing the work, but what's interesting here is there's also a bit of discernment. We need some of that in our world today. As Christians, we have to discern what's good and bad, what's right and wrong, and sometimes, let's get a little close to home, sometimes, even when we look on things like social media, maybe we need to discern when's the best time to have an argument or a discussion and when's the best time maybe sometimes to have to let things go. You know, Nehemiah says here, I will not go down. Another kind of humorous thing that I heard someone say one time in reference to this was to say no, no to oh, no. That's what, they, that's what Nehemiah said here. Say no, no to oh, no. He said, I'm not going. I'm not going down to the plane because I have something that I've committed to do. I am discerning what is right and I'm going to stick with it. Not only that, but make the application to us. We're fixing to draw some practical lessons, but let's make the application right here. Do you know what the devil's favorite word is? I heard a preacher say this one time. The devil's favorite word is tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Nehemiah could have said, you know what, guys? We're going to stop for today. We're good. We'll take the rest of the day off. We'll do it tomorrow. And I'll go down here and meet with these guys. But they were after him. They were trying to stop him. He said no. He wasn't going to let it happen. Tomorrow. That's what the devil wants us to say. You remember how Felix said it in Acts chapter 24, a more convenient season. There's always a better time. We don't have to do that right now. But the people had a mind to work. Nehemiah had a mind to lead. And there's a great encouragement there as he thinks about saying, I won't stop. I won't come down. I'll discern what is the better choice here and I'll stick with it. So let's think about three practical lessons. I think there might just be two that I gave you in your bulletin. But three practical lessons here, and then the lesson will be yours tonight. First of all, the Lord expects his people to work in his service, and we would know, notice that great things can be accomplished. In Nehemiah chapter 6, we've just mentioned it just a few moments ago there, specifically in verse number 15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 50 two days. Now, we know sometimes in the past how we feel about how hard it can be to accomplish something. You know, that task seems too great. I don't think we can get that done. I bet there were detractors. I bet there were people that stood there and said, there's no way, but they were able to get it done. The Lord expects his people to work in his service and great things can be accomplished. In James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, we obviously won't read all of it, all of that passage, but the title or the summation of that section of Scripture is, Faith Without Works is Dead. We talked about this recently, the balance of grace, faith, and works. You remember we talked about Noah? Remember we talked about some other folks like Naaman? What are we to do? Are we to have faith? To ignore the works? Because we're not saved by works, right? Or are we to have faith and works? 
James says, faith without works is dead. You see, we have to have faith. But we must also be people of working, be people of service. We mentioned this last Sunday night as we talked about what now? What are we to be doing? We need to continue and even maybe do a little better with the reaching out, with the cards and the calls and checking on people and that kind of thing. But what can we point the way towards coming in the near future that we can get back to? Some of our old habits, some things that we once did. Being people of service. Great things can be accomplished when we work together. And that is one of the lessons that we can learn from Nehemiah. Number two, each person must do his or her own share in the Lord's work and is invaluable in the, in the Lord's sight. When we think about the book of Nehemiah, we read just a few moments ago all the people who were involved. We read actually from chapter 4, chapter 3 is listed on the screen here, but chapter 4 that there were people who were holding the spears, people who were carrying burdens, people who were holding weapons, builders that were doing one thing, the man who sounded the trumpet. Everyone has work that can be done. I've appreciated so much some of you ladies who have been involved in, in some of our visits lately. Some of you have been able to go and, and check on Miss Uvine and, and ladies such as that, helping other things. There are things that we can all be doing that others can't do. There are people who work here full-time. Some of you got full-time jobs and you may not have the time to go. Some of you who maybe who are retired say, well, you know what? I've got time. I can make some visits during the day. I can do some other things. Each person must do his or, own, his or her own share. You've been a part of a team before where you're the only one carrying all the weight. You might have been a part of a, of a rope pull of some sort, a tug of war, where you were the one doing all the work and others were taking it easy. We've been a part of that before, and it's difficult. But if we'll all take care of ourselves, if we'll all do what we can, then chances are good we will have success because we are valuable in the Lord's sight. Do you recall in the book of Galatians chapter 6? Galatians chapter 6 and, and verse number 5 the Bible says, Paul writes, for each one shall bear his own load. All right, Galatians 6, 5, each one shall bear his own load. The idea that we all have a share of the work to do. But do you recall what comes just before that in Galatians chapter 5, er, chapter 6 and verse number 2? Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2 is the passage that says, bear one another's burdens. Well, which is it, Paul? Are we supposed to help each other out? Are we supposed to only do our own thing and leave everybody else alone? And of course, the answer, as we always say, is, is yes. It's a mixture. We have to do both. We have to bear one another's burdens. That's a goal of our work as Christians. But at the same time, we have to answer for ourselves and ourselves only. The dedicated service of each individual is valuable in the Lord's sight. We think about other New Testament passages like 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. Who's going to answer for you? Who's going to answer for you on the day of judgment? It'll be you. I'm going to answer for me. So in a sense, we have to do our own work, and each one of us is valuable. And that's encouraging as we think not only about Nehemiah, but also the work that we do even here today. One final lesson here, and then our lesson will be yours. Watchfulness against the devil's attacks is essential. Watchfulness against the devil's attacks is essential. In Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 16 through 23, they are trying to work, but they can't just do the work. They've got to be watching out. They've got to be ready. 
Because the devil, in this case, some of those who are trying to stop them, are wanting to do all they can. And so, yes, as we have done before, they're actually busy trying to do something with one hand and then fend off attacks with the other. We can feel the same way today. When we think about passages in the New Testament like Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through 20, as we think about the whole armor of God, we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God. So that we may be ready to withstand all the fiery darts of the devil. That we are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 11. That's difficult. It's difficult enough to fend off an attack, much less fend off an attack and try to be working as well. You know, it's hard, but it's something that we must strive to do. And it's a great lesson that we can take from the book of Nehemiah. We must always be ready. We must always be ready. You know, Nehemiah is one of those books. It's, it's a little short. It's, it's not too long compared to some of the others. It might be one that you have a chance to look through if you've not already for uh, as you do your Bible reading and Bible study. I would leave you with one final thought here as we think about concluding our lesson tonight. I heard a preacher say it this way. If you want to learn to be a leader, study Nehemiah. If you want to learn to be a leader, study Nehemiah. And I would encourage you tonight, you don't have to aim to be an elder, some of you men. You don't have to aim to be the the top. But if you want to be a leader, and you can be, even in this congregation, even among the people, the circle of friends that you have, study the book of Nehemiah. Because he is encouraging for us in the way that he leads the people, in the commitment that he makes. And not only the commitment that he makes, but the man of prayer that he is. There's a great foundation there for us. Tonight, I hope this has been encouraging for you as we think about Nehemiah. But as we conclude our lesson and we sing the song of invitation that's been selected here in just a moment, we are encouraging you as people living in this time to become a Christian. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we'll be singing to encourage you. It's the great commitment that you make. Begin in the service of the Lord. Be faithful unto him even up until the point of death. You can have the crown of life. But most of us can speak to the fact that when we're attacked, When things get hard, it's much easier to lay down the work, to just stop and to go along with the the sinful way, the easy way. Maybe tonight you need to make a recommitment. You need to recommit to having zeal for the Lord, to serving after him. We'll be singing to encourage you as well. Maybe there's something else in your life that you would like for the church to know, to pray with you and for you. We're thankful for this opportunity, even now as we stand together and as we sing.